0: What's going on, Headliner Nation? It's just a quick reminder. If you dig the podcast, please take two seconds out of your day to leave us a five-star review. It helps us grow the show to a wider audience so we can continue to bring the football knowledge to the masses. We truly appreciate all the support. Thank you so much for your loyalty. I'm a What's up y'all i am chris chouse welcome back to the show welcome back is right because you know it's chris and chris we're
1: back in the house doing the podcast baby what's going on buddy uh what's going on is i'm super super excited because the weather's starting to warm up house like yes every day we're starting to get more mild and mild weather and yes. me being up here in new england you know warm is i'll be out playing golf when it's like 35 degrees but now we're getting days in like the low 50s Mm. spring and summer are on its way and i can't wait
0: spring and summer are my favorites man i love the rejuvenation of all everything coming back to life you get to go outside and drink beers on a patio it's just gorgeous
1: i mean you can doesn't have to be spring and summer to do that. It can be January. I know. And I'll be I know Just put on a heavy coat. It'll be fine.
0: It's, it's nice to sit outside and let the rays give you some vitamin D. You know
1: what I'm saying? I'm going to leave that one alone. But yeah, All sure. Right, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Taking it
0: too far as per usual. But you know what, Chris? What? Some things have happened um, since the last show. And I think I got, I got it. Yeah, that's right. Congratulations, Congratulations. I got thank you. I I got some grievances, man. I got got some problems with you people. And now you're gonna hear about them because you know what? I'm I'm a movie buff somewhat, and I like my movies, I like my shows. I frequently, and I mean whatever, I watch the Oscars because I like to see who wins, and you know. I like to see these actors in their speeches because sometimes they're really good. Like Matthew McConaughey, way back in the day, his speech was awesome. You know, Denzel, whenever he wins, he always gives a good one. And I'm a huge Denzel guy, too. I did not like what I saw this past week, uh, whatever the Oscars was this last weekend. Will Smith, man, what are you doing, bro? I am the biggest Bad Boys fan. You know that is like I can recite Bad Boys one and two like by heart because I'm such it's a fan. True. I've I've heard him do it. Right, yeah. man. It's as you you tell you give me a picture of which scene it is, and I will pick up where that scene is. That's how much I have that thing by heart and down. Will Smith, man. I've been a fan all the way since I was you know smaller guy watching Fresh Prince you know, doing all this stuff. I mean, come on, Will, what are you doing? He goes up on stage and smacks Chris Rock in the face. What are you doing, bro? You completely, and I'm not one. We talked about this before the show started. And I mean, I'm not one to cancel people because, you know, pencils have erasers. You know, people make mistakes. I get it. But that whole situation, how it went down, I was not impressed, man. Like if you want to yell at Chris Rock from the stands or the, from where your seat was, and you're like, dude, shut the F up you know, et cetera, et cetera, then fine. You don't walk up on stage and slap the guy.
1: No, I mean, so, there, I mean, I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories or things like that, but a lot of, there's, you know, a lot of things going around. Well, maybe it was staged because the ratings for, mm. for I mean, heck, any award show has been tanking over the, who knows how many years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, if you have something to say, you say it. And to be, I mean, when, when the joke was made, Will Smith was laughing at first and then he looked to his left saw his wife's reaction and he's like okay well i gotta go do something now but that's not what you do (laughs) no
0: man ah i didn't like it at all and then the fact is that they gave him a standing O after he won best actor i'm like what am i watching so guys okay listen i know this is a football show and we're kind of starting off off topic but we like to talk about certain things sometimes that bug us and that's what i'm saying i got some problems with you people and, and Will Smith, they got a big problem with this one, man, because, you know, you have changed the landscape for all comedians. And and what is this now acceptable practice? You know, words are words, man. You're you're getting everyone says, uh, you know, I saw some comments, some people saying, you know, it's not a comedy club and blah, blah. That's what these guys are done for on the award shows, man. They poke fun at the actors like that's what you got triggered about, man. Your wife is stepping out on you with your son's friends all the time cheating on your ass. And then this is what you get triggered about to go and make a point. Like, what am I missing here?
1: But. Yeah. I mean, the fact, so actually speaking of that, um, you know, when they were, when he was interviewed about that whole situation, you know, with his wife and, you know, her extramarital affairs, uh, he was crying and bawling on the show, but then he gets upset when someone just makes jokes. So it's OK for someone else to sleep with his wife, just not make a joke about her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, okay. can, you can you can fondle, but you
0: can't talk about her. That's that's basically where it is. But let's move on. I mean, Will Smith didn't like it, bro. I got to lose a little bit of respect for you, which sucks because I'm a huge fan of your acting and your movies. But we got some football to discuss today. We got happy trails, Mr. Frank Mm -hmm. Gore, Frankie Gore, baby. He retires at the age of
1: 55, man. Can you believe it? 55 years old. I mean, that's crazy because he's still like 15 years younger than Tom Brady. So (laughs) good for him. I say 55. He's
0: like 37. But I mean, he's it feels like he's been in the league for God, like 100 years. Let's rhyme off some of this uh, good stuff that Frank Gore had done, man, two years. Well, he started in college Two ACL tears and everyone's like, Frank's not going to do nothing in this NFL. What does he do? He plays for a mere 16 years, played with San Fran, Miami, Buffalo, Indy, New York Jets, ranked third all time in rushing yards, 16,000 yards, nine time 1000 yard rusher played in more games than any running back in nfl history dude i mean 241 is ridiculous never led the league in rushing though only five pro bowls and you know where this chatter is going
1: man is frank uh frank gore uh, hall of fame worthy i think so absolutely i mean yes he's you know and it's not like he's high up on that rushing list third third all time because of all this longevity i mean the last few years of his career, he didn't have any any stats to really, you know, get excited about. I mean, this was a man of consistency, someone like you just mentioned who had two ACL tears in college, and went on to just be the Iron Man of the NFL throughout his entire career. Uh, so, absolutely, in my opinion, first ballot Hall of Famer.
0: First ballot, wow!
1: First, first try, he he should absolutely get in.
0: And I mean I can't hate it because we're seeing guys like I mean Edger and James get in and I mean Edge was good in his time and then you're
1: going to say you're not going to get a Frank Gore in I mean but did did Edge get in you know because of that Super Bowl ring yeah, right you know and Was the, that the deciding the, factor? The
0: Manning offense. Yeah, I get yeah. it too. And I mean, Gore's never won a Super Bowl. And I know, you know what makes me sad about this whole thing is that, you know, he wanted to play with his son. His son is coming up next year in the draft and you know, they would have played in the league together. Could you imagine Frank Gore with his son?
1: Dude, it's kind of just like how LeBron James is pretty yes. much saying he's like, I'm going to play until Bronny Jr is in the NBA, and I'll play one year with him and then call it quits. How's that,
0: man? And you know, as much as I'm not a brawn guy anymore, I think I'd be very excited to see, especially if they were on the same team. That'd be be fun to watch. It'd be cool to watch, absolutely. But Frank Gore, we wish you well. I mean, it was a pleasure watching you play all those years.
1: Happy trails, man. Happy trails. I'm not going to lie. I wish we had like a a standing ovation, yeah. you know, soundbite that we could clip in here because that man yeah. deserves a standing up. Maybe,
0: o. maybe I'll dub one in, and then we'll we'll this whole conversation of wanting one is is gonna be moot. Moot. Maybe I'll just dub it in. <laughs> we got some breaking news yesterday, Chris. Did you see the breaking news? Because I saw the breaking news. Which breaking news? The trade, the, trade! the draft. Of course, I saw the, the trade. trade. I know you did. Just, <laughs> of course, I saw the trade. Big trade, man. Big draft day trade. It's between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints. Unless you guys are under a rock yesterday, you should have seen this. And let me break this down because, I mean, it's a mouthful. So the Saints get the 2022 first round pick, number 16, Uh, number 19 in this year's draft. The sixth round 194 in this in this uh, draft, the Saints get Philly gets a boatload of picks. They get the first round pick from the Saints, 18th overall, third round 101, seventh round 237, a 2023 first and a 2024 second. And Philly still has picks 15 and 18 after this trade where they had three before and the Saints now have 16 and 19 in this year's NFL draft. So doing a little bit of movement around the board, a little bit of shuffling, but overall, man, I got to say that I really do like this trade. And there's a lot of things. Like I saw a lot of people saying, you know, based on the value chart of uh, how the NFL values their draft picks, I think uh, the Eagles gave up something like 1,894 points to like, and they received like 2176 back. So, I mean, mm-hmm. But, but for me, it's not just the value marker on this. It's, to me, why this trade was so important to them. Because, okay, we know that you know no draft pick in the NFL is a sure thing. We've talked about this many times. We evaluate rookies over on Headliner. You go check it out. But, I mean, we, we evaluate rookies all the time, and we, we put the disclaimer on it how many times. You just don't know. So they got three first. You're going to have to pay boatloads of money because it's first-round tender money. And what if you miss and you got to hold these guys for that four to five years. And this does nothing but positives for your future while you're stacking the cupboards for not even next year's draft, but the year after that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, also when you talk about this trade and how it happened is, you know, it's not like the Eagles. I, don't, I mean, I don't think that they lost this trade at all because, you know, instead of having, uh, you know, what, 15, 16, 16, uh, in 18, in 19, or 19, 18, yeah. or 19, you know, they still have 15 and 18, and then they have an extra first round pick in next year's class, which is arguably deeper and stronger than this year's draft class. Now, granted, who knows where the Saints are going to finish next year. If they finish fifth, you know, if the draft pick that the Eagles get is 15th or better, then it's absolutely a win for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, as long as it's a top 20 pick, they don't lose this trade. You know, they're able to reload. Get more picks for next season, you know, especially in 2024, you get that second round pick. So this is a team for me that isn't going to win now this year anyway. I mean, they didn't have it. They don't really have a chance in the NFC East to begin with. So keep accumulating these picks, get more youth. Build around Jalen Hurts if you think he's your guy. If he's not, then you have those two first-round picks to use next year on a quarterback if you want to. And really just start building your team from there and just keep accumulating these picks to get that younger talent. It doesn't have to all be this year, but do it over a collective of years and really see what you can do.
0: Yeah, man, and that's kind of where I'm going because this trade signified to me that the Eagles are in the business of... Future planning and Jalen Hurts hedge betting—that's what this yeah. said to me, and and it tells me everything that this team isn't even really hundred percent convinced that hurts is the guy they got faith and they're saying that hey we'll give you probably something in this draft to help out the cause make this offense a little bit better and I mean playing in the NFC East yes okay Carson Wentz now there uh, Dak Prescott without an offensive line I mean this isn't the best division in all of football so if they get things together and they get some good defensive what if they go defense straight up and they they build this defense to give Jalen a little bit more help to get the ball back a couple more possessions each game that, that helps the cause for Jalen as well so So for me, this division isn't out of the question. It's open up for grabs, even though everyone thinks Dallas is going to still be the favorite without an offensive line, unless they, you know, change all that and add a lot of pieces. I mean, Dak could be running for his life this year in the NFC. But I mean, I like this move simply because if Jalen Hurts does not pan out, and even if the Saints are better than a 20th pick overall, I think that this is great ammo to get up and go get a CJ Stroud and a brace young. And I think that is the entire objective, whoever's up front. So you're going to say Jacksonville likely will have another top five pick. Detroit will likely have another top five pick unless things aren't happening. They likely won't Houston again. Exactly. So they likely won't need a quarterback. I mean, Houston, maybe because it's Davis Mills. But now you can have that ammo and say, hey, you know what, Houston, here's Jalen Hurts. Here's two first round picks. Here's a 2024 second round pick. And we go get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud.
1: I was going to say, I don't even know if it would take that much to, because if, if you, you figure go. with the two first round picks that they have next year, if those are both top 16, top 18 picks, you could put those two together and a second round, maybe a second and a third. And you could most likely trade up into the top two, top three. If you have to throw in Jalen Hurts, I think Hurts in one of those other first round picks and then maybe a later pick. But other than that, I think you should be fine.
0: And as long as Jalen Hurts doesn't stink up the joint and he like, you know, isn't horrible. I don't know. Baker Mayfield style, maybe. Sorry, Baker. But I mean, if I mean, if he's average, average to above average, what it may be, mm-hmm. 17 touchdowns, six interceptions, 3,500 yards. And what, maybe 600 rushing yards? If he does that this year, his value is still on a decent trajectory where they can utilize that as quote unquote first round talent in a trade with first round
1: picks to move up to the top three. Well, exactly. I mean, especially since the guy that Jalen Hurts is still 23, he's going to be 24 next year, you know? So he still has, he still has all that youth, you know? He still has another couple of years in that contract for him. So, I mean, just looking at his numbers from last year, you know? Completion percentage wasn't great at 61%, but he threw for over 3,100 yards, had 16 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions, which, yeah, wasn't, wasn't great. But then you look to see what he did on the ground, you know, Mm. almost 800 rushing yards. And I mean, as far as the touchdowns were concerned, you know, he had what, six or seven rushing touchdowns. So for me, I mean, it's all that upset that he gives you now, whether or not you think he's going to be a franchise quarterback and he's going to be able to lead your team, depending on your system. Is a completely different, you know, different different conversation. But for you know, for young talent with potential, yeah, he would absolutely he and another pick would be worth, you know, a top five, top six pick.
0: And this is not hating on Jalen Hurts whatsoever. I think that he can be a serviceable quarterback in this league once he gets that passing aptitude up a little bit more. And he, like you said, he's young, he's learning, man. And I mean he had his best passing season in college with OU, with uh, Lincoln Riley. And I mean, now it's the adjustment phase. I mean, he wasn't as good in Alabama as a passer. Tua took over for him. But I think he has the ability to mature and grow. I like him as a character, who he is as a dude. I think he's a stand up dude so far as what he, we've seen. But I mean, for the Saints, man, why did the Saints do this trade? Because everyone's confused about the Eagles, and the Eagles are silly for doing this trade. But why the hell did the, the Saints do this trade? I'm a little bit confused on their end. Unless they're going to uh, like package these picks, number 16 and number 19, to try to move up and get a quarterback. So we've heard rumors and rumblings that the New York Giants do want to trade back from one of their picks. I think if they go past the, I believe, what are they, 7N? What, what, the, what is the Giants? 5 and 7? Giants are 5 and 7 right now, yeah. 5 and 7. So say the Giants stick with number 5. And no quarterback is taken off the board, except maybe Malik Willis to Detroit for argument's sake. I think that they can definitely trade up to seven and the giants would be totally okay with that.
1: If I'm yeah, no, if I am the saints, you know, and that's the only reason why I can see them making this move is because I do think they are trying to package those two picks to trade up into the top seven, let's say now, if I'm the saints, I'm going to try to get the giants number five pick, because mm. I would be more concerned about the Panthers having the quarterback that I want at number six. So, and again, if you're the giants, most likely you're probably going to want to be taking an offensive tackle. At least if I'm the giants, I would be. And if I give away our number five pick that tackle that I want is probably still going to be there. One of the two will still be there. At number seven. Yeah, no,
0: it's a great point, and I think Carolina is the the stepping stone to why they want to get over, but I
1: mean... That's like the wild card there, yeah. It
0: is, definitely the wild card, and I'm still not uh, convinced, personally. I could be dead wrong on draft night, but I'm not convinced that Matt Rule is going to put his eggs in a rookie basket when he's on the hot seat, and I've been saying this for weeks now. We've been talking about this, you and I, for how long, but it's very interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic now with the Eagles making this deal. The Saints, to me... It's it's just it's very confusing. You had what 80 million dollars over the cap or 50 million over the cap. You cut all this salary. Now you're you're in good shape. You go and get two picks like you're all in. You trade away futures for this team. Are they they're not even that close to me in the NFC, especially in a division where Tom Brady came back. You're not even that close to be a competitor. Why would you give up this amount of draft capital for unknown commodities in a QB draft class where everyone's like, yeah, this could be a uh, Jake Locker, uh, Christian Ponder type of draft?
1: I agree. I mean, I don't see the Saints winning nine games. You know, right. The season like they did last year. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm ecstatic because I'm like, yeah, you know, you you dropped all these, released all these players to create this cap space. You haven't gotten better as a football team. You most likely won't, because if you do trade these two picks to move up to get a rookie quarterback, is that rookie quarterback going to be a difference maker their rookie year? Probably not, at least not from this year's draft class. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm thinking this is phenomenal because you know, that's a, that, that 2023 pick that we just got from them is probably going to be a good one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I got to think as much as I like Matt Corral to the saints, I got to think that they believe, and they will likely pull the trigger if the Detroit lions don't take Malik Willis at number two. And I have a feeling they won't because you got Jared Goff and you know that you're still going to be struggling. Why would you house Malik on the bench for the year. I think it's better off build the defense, build the trenches, you know, get him on the Hutchinson on the line and unless Jacksonville takes them. Then that changes everything. But it's an interesting dynamic for the Saints because if it is Malik Willis to New Orleans, you can't really hate it because the offense is already set up for a Taysom Hill AKA Jameis Winston, who doesn't really run that much, but I mean, you have the ability to go deep with a big arm and then you also have the ability with a Taysom with running options for your quarterback. So from that perspective, Malik Willis might fit very well in New
1: Orleans. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see what the Lions do because if they do decide to take Willis or any quarterback at number two, you still have Jared Goff under contract through 2024. And looking at his contract, they could get out of it after the 2022 season they owe him an average of 30 million over the each year over the next 3 seasons but after the 2022 season they could release him only have to worry about a dead cap hit of about 10 million mm. you know and that would save them about 20 20.5 you know overall so that is an option that they could go with but i mean i i, I just don't see them taking a, i mean how the Lions have done weirder things in the before <laughs> so who knows but at True. this point I I'd see them hanging on to golf for another, at least at least this season. So, but who knows? I mean, if, if the lions struggle, do they just rush in that rookie quarterback that needs time to develop? I mean, so many NFL teams do this and it just completely hinders the growth of their, of their franchise quarterback.
0: hundred percent. And I mean, confidence man confidence for a quarterback a young rookie quarterback a second third year I mean look at Jalen Hurts confidence he's he's trying look he's at, and he's a great at example look at Tua a perfect example right there absolutely Tua Tagovailoa man the relief pitcher confidence you know shot through the you know talk about
1: killing your bull and making him limp I mean that's what that's what they did to Tua you know what though I mean if any I mean it, it I can understand the whole Tua situation because when the other quarterback in that locker room, you know, is just as Ryan fit, you know, fits magic, it's yeah. tough to be like, you know what, I'm going to overtake you because yeah. I mean, all he has to do is just undo a few buttons, just let the, the chain and the chest hair
0: flow, and that's just it. Game over. It's just the swag, the swag that he has. You he just, hey man, you got too much swag. You got to go play on the field.
1: I mean, anyone that can just, you know, take their shirt off in Buffalo yeah. during a playoff game yeah. and chug beers with the fans. That's a keeper. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, would be like my best friend at the game. I would, I would absolutely love it. He, I think he would be the most fun person NFL player ever to go, just go out and hang out with.
0: Absolutely, man. I, I, I tried calling him to come over to my house to watch some games. He doesn't answer my phone calls though.
1: That's
0: weird. I I wonder why. I I don't know either, man. I I thought we were buddies. (laughs) I even, I even opened up my chest hair out to come out, but it didn't work, man. Didn't work. That might be it. Might be the problem. rumor mill buddy we got lots of rumors kicking around like we said it's lying season because it is the nfl draft and everybody's gonna be talking a bunch of ish out there and we know that but the rumor has it here so the the tennessee titans and i mean put some you know put take this with a grain of salt i should say because i mean we've we hear these teams talk all this crap all the time But this one might have some validity to it because Derrick Henry is getting up in age. He's 28 years old. Yes, he is still at the top of his game, I want to say, outside of the foot injury that we just uh, saw transpire this past season. But the rumor has it that they will be drafting a successor, potential successor for Derrick Henry in Tennessee. That you know, the, the Darrington Evans thing, I was a I was an Evans guy. I thought that you know what he could have been a very good one-two punch because he had the the speed. So you could add your thunder and lightning in that tandem backfield, but it didn't work out. So now you're you're looking maybe potentially to say. We want to limit his carries a little bit. So even if they say shave off 50 carries from Derrick Henry this year, keep him more fresh because now this injury does scare the Titans a little bit. Is it time to start worrying about Derrick Henry is kind of where I'm going with this one? Because I mean, 28 years old foot broken foot injury. First time he's really ever been hurt in the NFL. But I mean, if they do draft somebody, is it going to be just a speed back
1: or is it going to be guy of like skill set where they can kind of, you know, have two bulldozers? I'm not, I'm not that concerned Yeah, He's, you know, getting up there in age for a running back at 28 years old, but at the same time, he only had two seasons where he's eclipsed 300 you know, rushing attempts. So he doesn't have a whole lot of tread, you know, on, on those legs. Yes. The injury last year is definitely worrisome because he does, you know, he was used so often in 2020, even 2019, you know, getting over 300 carries. But before that, you know, I mean, 2016 through 2018, he only missed one game. And he had a total of 500 rushing attempts and combined throughout those first three seasons. So they may have still got a lot left in the tank. I think that for them to, I don't think they'd be bringing on his successor. I think they'd be bringing on a more, more of an insurance policy. I guess I would say,
0: what was that chiefs running back? That was a while ago. What was it? Larry, Larry Johnson,
1: Larry, Larry Johnson, yeah. Johnson. Do you From remember Penn State?
0: Yes. Do you remember Larry Johnson? And I mean, it was the one year. God, I got to look this up because he fell off a cliff after they ran that poor bastard into the ground. And I, I got to look up.
1: These, 400, 416 rushing Thank attempts you. in 2006. And he was never the same. And that was basically his career. Right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He, he had, he had back-to-back 1700 yard rushing seasons with at least 17 rushing touchdowns in each of those two seasons. Um, and after that, he never eclipsed 200 rushing attempts and also only once eclipsed 800 rushing yards. He played three to four more seasons after that. Cause right. in 2010 and 2011, he played a total of three games with two different teams. There you go. This is the fear, and I get it. Larry Johnson is not Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is
0: in a class of his own. I get it completely. But now it, when the team starts to worry, they're the ones that know these players best. That's why when we see free agency frenzy and all these guys getting these massive contracts, there's a reason why these teams allow these players to leave. Sometimes like the Tyreek Hill trade, it's about money. It's not that Tyreek has lost a step. They just couldn't afford to pay him $120 million when you're paying Mahomes $500 million. But when you have a situation like this, excuse me, and, and you... See the volume you're giving a Derrick Henry, and like you said, okay, the volume has increased these past what three years? Is yeah, I right? mean
1: it would it would have been, it would have been last year too if he had stayed healthy for a full right. season, he would have had easily over 350 carries.
0: So that was four years in a row of over
1: 320. Three, in three. three years in a row. Okay, so yep. that
0: would have been three years in a row of over that's that's like 900 carries plus thousand carries plus in three years. Yes, he is a freak. We understand this, but I mean, I can, am I worried about Derrick Henry? I don't think I'm worried. I think that he's going to bounce back. And I really think that the foot thing was a fluke injury, but 29, 30 years old, man, we know that 30 year old number creeps up on these guys very quickly. I mean, look at Zeke, look at Zeke, man. Zeke is a great example of a guy who didn't necessarily take a lot of punishment but his body just wore down. He, you go back. I even went back and re-scouted Zeke's Ohio state tape. And he was like a bullet man. He was a jet on that field. Now he looks like he needs a cane and a Walker man. All
1: right. Well, what about, all right. And I'm just going to use another a player from the early two thousands because the nineties and the early two thousands is when we really saw those workhorse three down backs. Yes. Like Tomlinson, you know, from, from 2001 to 2007 he had at least 300 rushing attempts every season never finished less than 1200 rushing yards and never had a single digit touchdown season throughout that stretch now after that yeah the carries went down um the yardage went down everything went down because he was starting to hit you know his early 30s uh but I think it just depends on the player. And I think Derrick Henry is just built differently. I think, you know, he's a better football player than Larry Johnson. He's a better football player than say, a DeMarco Murray, who also had that decline as well. Yes. Yes. So I think, I think it just, I think it is player dependent. And if I'm the Titans, yeah, you want to have a little bit of an insurance policy because not only does Derrick Henry, has he been getting this workload over the last two and a half years, but because he's such a physical runner, I mean, the, the man doesn't have an off switch. It's just go, go, go all the time. So there could be more of a potential for injury just because of how physical of a runner he is. You know
0: what it kind of reminds me of, and I like the LT argument as well, because I'm a huge LT guy and I always have been, but his skill set was a little bit more speed finesse, don't take Agreed. as many, don't take as many hits. I kind of put Derrick Henry in the likeness of an Adrian Peterson. And when we talk about because AP was a beast in his own right, and he was. He was a bully, even though he had the wheels, he took a lot of hits as well. And I mean, he, he was kind of the outlier because he did have some injured seasons. I mean, back in what, when his, his 2011 season, he didn't go over a thousand cause he was hurt. Then he goes back and he almost, he almost breaks the NFL record over 2000. Uh, then he gets injured again in 2014, comes back again, 1485. And then that's when the fall off happened. But that was at his 30 year old season. He ran for almost 1500 yards. He did eclipse 1000 yards at 33, but I mean, he was not the same. It was, it was more volume based in Washington. So I think you kind of see that trend. You're going to have approximately, you want to say one more good year. If, if Henry's healthy this season, he should ball out and you shouldn't be worried about that. So then even if they do draft a running back this year, the Titans do, this is going to be that, that long-term plan where, you know what, you start to fade Henry's touches at the 29, 30 season, age-wise, and you start bringing this other kid up, and hopefully he is something, and then, you know, whatever you do with Henry after
1: his contract, you do. All right, let me ask you this. You know, let's let's talk, let's put this in fantasy perspective. In redraft, Derrick Henry is absolutely a top three, top three, top five pick. Yes. Agree? Yes. In Dynasty, is he a top five running back? I can't. I don't know
0: if I can. It's, man, that's a toughie. And I mean, I just drafted him in one dynasty league. So I'm kind of being a hypocrite. (laughs) You (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of being a hypocrite to my own word, but where did I pick him? Let me see this.
1: Where was this draft, man? Come on. You didn't take him in our league. Did you? I did. So it must've been second round.
0: Second round. That's right. But it's a 10 team league. So what pick was that?
1: So yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably 14th overall or
0: 206, 206. I think it was. So there you go or to, yeah, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean, there's I think, the, that, I think that's, that's good value, right?
0: That's there. good value. And I, and I'm okay with that because I mean, I took Najee first. Okay. Dynasty, you're going for age, obviously over, you know, skill set. but I mean, Derek Henry that, at that point, I think is going to be a steal for me this coming season. After that, I think I might be in a little bit of trouble. I'm almost hoping that he's going to have this good season. So I can almost pawn him off and hope one of my rookie running backs is going to do something very well, you know, coming out of this draft, but I don't know. I, I'm not worried. I, I don't want to put out the alarm button for everybody to be like, you know what, it's time to sell Derrick Henry because Chris Chow's told me to. I didn't say that, so relax. But I think you got a, you got one really good year left. Potentially another one at 29 years of age. And then it's time to start, you know, wondering, is this body going to, I mean, even the cyborg King Henry has got to break down eventually, and he's going to lose at least maybe some speed on that, on that body. And he's a big man. And then the, the first thing to go on these big guys is that wheels. And if he doesn't have the juice, He's going to be just your typical thumper. Like a, what was that? Giants running back Jacobs. You remember him? I mean, that's Brandon probably, Jacobs.
1: thank you, but that's probably
0: disrespectful to Derrick Henry, but I mean, that's, All that's right, so where
1: I'm going. While you aren't, you won't be the one to say to sell Derrick Henry. I am not going to be the one to say that if, and I'm going to have a little caveat here. If you are in a win now moment and you just want to win for this next season, maybe yes. the next two, yes, you hold on to Henry. Yes. If you are in a rebuild you absolutely move him because there are a handful of guys that you probably could get in exchange for him that are 25 years old and younger. So you can get those few extra seasons with those younger guys. But yeah, if you're, if you're building this team, you're looking towards the future, you want to win over the next three to five years, move Derrick Henry.
0: I'm I'm in agreement, And I mean, you can't hate it because especially, you know what
1: I here's, here's the trade-off. Are you moving them before the season or after the season? Oh, I'm moving him before the season. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I don't think people will be that turned off by that ankle injury. I think they're going to see that as kind of an anomaly because he's been so healthy throughout his NFL career Mm -hmm. and the fact that he is still a top three, top five talent, you know, especially in redraft. So if you move him to a contender, someone that's looking to win now that already has a good team, then you'll be able to get a decent haul in return.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And I can't hate it whatsoever because you're going to get premium picks and likely players on the return Especially if the team you're trading them to is on uh, fantasy championship uh, ascension and ready to win. But sticking with those Titans, man, you hearing these rumors? Because again, it's lying season, so take it with a grain of salt. But AJ Brown, grown ass man. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they're fielding phone calls, even though the Titans front office said today they are not taking any phone calls on AJ Brown. So stop the nonsense. But I mean, if it's flying out there, then somebody at least has a, a hint of something going on because they got to extend him out at some point. He's got to get that new yeah. contract. And the way that these wide receivers are getting paid lately, I don't I, I'm not shocked that some of these teams are like, yo, you're going to give me a first and a second because I'll trade you this guy right now. If you want to do that,
1: I was just going to say it's probably going to take a, what, a first and a third maybe to get A.J. Brown. Yep. If and unfor- so, I'm not going to say my Patriots should get him because Ooh. they because they historically do not pay players big money. I mean, we've seen them just let so many players walk because of the fact that they won't pay them. But I would love, oh, my God, an A.J. Brown Patriots jersey. I would just I'd lose my absolute mind. Um, but no, I think a team that could and I think should mm-hmm. make a move uh, for him. And as much as I don't want to see him in the AFC East, I think that New York jets would make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Don't don't start
1: please. They're
0: they're on the uptrend. Don't start.
1: I, and that would just be another, <sighs> another weapon for young Zach Wilson to help him grow and mature as a quarterback.
0: And you know what, as much as I I dislike the New York jets because of my Buffalo bills, I really like this team. I, I like how they're built. I, know. I, you know what I mean? I love how they're building. They have two picks uh, this year's draft in the top 10. Uh, they have next year I believe even more first round capital so this team jets fans get ready man if if Wilson does turn out to be what we think he's gonna be get ready man get your popcorn ready because this AFC East is gonna be a damn good show every single week we play each other twice a week or twice a year but AJ Brown to the jets hey I cannot support it whatsoever I think do you no, think he's but do you think he's moving or jets- do you think he's staying
1: I think he's staying. I don't think he goes anywhere because I don't think anyone's going to want to give up what the Tennessee Titans are going to be looking for. Agreed. Um, But let's, let's say it were, it were the jets. They're going to have the cap space next year to, you know, to give him that contract. If he does really, you know, if he ends up getting traded there. Um, I think right now, I think that the, the jets and the Colts make the most sense right now.
0: Yeah. I don't hate it. I I think the jets more than the Colts because, Man, that's that's the copycat league. If you got a young rookie quarterback on a, a rookie contract, you can build the whole team around him and worry about the quarterback contract later. And hopefully, you do a Joe Burrow and get him to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's that's what they're hoping for now. Every that's why you know what? Even on a draft like this with quarterbacks that are uh, you know not uh, quote unquote generational talents, that's why these teams are willing to swing and miss because hell to hell with the draft picks, like the Rams are saying. Yeah, the hell with it. We're going
1: to go and dr- uh, get I mean, the guy that we like the best and and swing for the fences. If that's the case then, and this is just this is a fantasy scenario right here, and it would absolutely suck for all fantasy owners. <laughs> but the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have 57 million dollars in cap space next season, so oh, mama. Imagine if they were just like, you know what? We We don't care about these picks. We've already improved our offensive line. We're going to protect our franchise quarterback and Joe Burrow. We have Jamar Chase. We have T Higgins, Tyler Tyler Boyd. See, we're going to bring in AJ grown ass man Brown.
0: That would be ridiculously stupid. You know what? Just keep, keep Boyd.
1: Put AJ Brown at tight end.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He could play tight end. He's that big and beefy, but good Lord. Now you're just going crazy, Chris. Now I'm just getting silly. You are getting silly. That is silliness. But I mean, good Lord. that Joe Burrow would have like 8,000 yards passing that year because they wouldn't even have to run. They would just pass all day long. Scary Terry McLaurin. Rumor has it that the Washington Commanders, the commies, they are fielding potential calls again because of contract and again they denied rumor saying we are not terry is one of our focal points of this franchise and i mean carson wentz is here now so i'm super excited for the potential that we're going to see from terry mclaurin because Again, quarterback proof, and I'm I'm not a hater on Carson Wentz like a lot of people are. He's good enough to get a star wide receiver the ball with decent levels of consistency. I mean, you're talking, what, 3,500, 4,000 yards and around 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions around there, 10 interceptions and a couple fumbles. So, I mean, Terry's he should be able to eat this year, especially if they provide uh, wide receiver help in this draft to him. But Terry McLaurin, man, is he staying? Is he going? And potentially, where could he land?
1: I think he's staying um, because I do think they want to see what kind of chemistry that you know he can build with Carson Wentz. You know, they'll give it a season and then kind of figure things out from there. Uh, but I, but I do think that he stays. I don't think that he goes because again, he's another person that's most likely going to fetch, if not a first-round pick, then you know at least a second and a fourth.
0: Yeah, I think he's a first. I think for Terry. Yeah. And for what he's shown, it's definitely a, a minimum a first. I agree. I think he's staying in Washington. I don't think he's going anywhere. Brandon Cooks, he's getting some calls, getting some love again. And this poor guy, he just cannot stick on a team. I would not be surprised come draft day that he is traded either before just to stack picks for some team or just on draft day. Um, and And I think it'd be a good move for him to get out of Houston. I think he could salvage his career on a team that could utilize speed down the field.
1: I think so. And with a lot of the speed guys, you know, already, you know, gone, whether free agency or some trades that we've already seen happen, you know, there are teams that are going to want that guy who's in Brandon cooks doesn't play in the slot. You know, he's someone that lines up outside and still is a burner. So someone that wants that speed on the outside, I think he's going to gain a lot of interest before the draft.
0: And how much hate does this man get? Like, what does he got to do to get some respect in this league? Thousand yard seasons, like every year, but one or two, if I'm not mistaken. And everyone still hates on the guy. All he does is produce and with lackluster quarterback play to boot.
1: I was just going to say, I mean, he's definitely one of the more underrated wide receivers in the league and, you know, a, a team that I would actually really like to see him kind of match up with would be over in Vegas with the Ooh. Raiders, Ooh. you know, yeah, kind of like su- substitute that Henry Ruggs type of player that can stretch the field and kind of take the top off of defenses and then let Devonte Adams just do whatever the heck he wants to do.
0: Oh, I kind of like that a lot, man. You know, you got yourself the Waller Renfro Adams connection. You add a little cooks in there and you mix mm-hmm. it up and it's a good meal. I like it. I like it a lot. That's nice. Look at you thinking outside the box, you know, I know. I get it. I get it. Tyron Matthew, he is visiting the New Orleans Saints, and I don't get this outside of him just going back home to, to the Obviously, Bayou. I don't get it for him at all. No, for him, I don't get it. But I mean, he had that speech. I don't know if you caught it. He went back to LSU and kind of told everybody, you know, I'm not overly proud or, you know, what he said. He didn't say proud. It, I, I can't remember what word he used, but he was like. I don't really care about what I did on the football field. That's not what makes my achievements and my glory. It's who I am as a person. And I really respect uh, Matthew because, you know, when he was the honey badger, he was going through all that crap that he went through. Dion took him under his wing and, you know, kind of made him who he was. And and he's, he's grown, man. He's turned into a very stand up individual, but going to the saints to me is just, Hey, I want to go back to the Bayou. I want to go play there and just be home. And
1: I, and that's fine. You know, I mean, if it's no longer about you know the money or anything else, and he just wants to go and play out the rest of his career, or however many years left he wants to play and do it at home, then absolutely, you know, um, if he wants to, you know, if he does still have that thirst to try to, you know, chase another championship, obviously New Orleans is not the place to do it right now. No, but I can't fault the guy for yeah for wanting to go home and and just kind of you know enjoy playing without. And not not that there won't be pressure to to win because you're still playing to win the game. Sure. But... At the same time, there will be that in, that comfort level that he's going to have of being in a familiar place.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know what? He's just, he's he'll elevate that defense. And it's not like the defense is porous. The defense still has a lot of playmakers that they can, uh, you know, change the game, especially in a weaker division. Yes. Okay. Brady's back. We get it. But all the other teams, they should be able to beat with uh, you know, a bum knee Jameis Winston or, you know, they draft a, a quarterback. But, should we talk about Bobby Wagner and how the L.A. Rams continue to, you know, foil oh this gosh. salary cap like five years, 50 million dollars. They let Vaughn go. Vaughn comes to my Buffalo Bills. We didn't even touch on that very much in the last shows. Vaughn Miller to Buffalo. Get ready for that Super Bowl, baby. It's coming but i mean bobby wagner he gets a deal big deal and everyone you know what i saw you know where i'm going with this is because everyone i saw on twitter is like the salary cap is fake don't get it twisted it's a soft cap it does i saw it all on twitter man i even got a buddy telling me it's a soft cap and i'm like dude bump the brakes there is ways around the salary cap and the the difference is i'll explain i should do a whole show on the salary cap so i you can could. explain i should right i mean Here's how it happens, okay? Jerry Jones is the perfect example of what teams do because Jerry was kind of like the architect in in some respect to pushing money to future years on these contracts. But what that does is it inflates your dead cap. So you got to be playing Jenga and, you know, have a huge balancing act here because now all of a sudden – You got to move funds to certain years when your other players are going to be expiring on contracts. Otherwise it'll eventually catch up to you. What happened to the Cowboys this year, man? They lost all their offensive linemen because they couldn't pay them because of all that restructured contract. Eventually, no matter how good you are at salary cap manipulation, it will catch up to you unless you structure these deals to be two and three years apart from other super talented individuals that you're going to have to pay. So they have to offset because you will not make it. And this is kind of what the Rams have done. Extending Matthew Stafford gave them a lower cap hit. Signing Wagner to this deal, which is now back loaded, lowers the cap hits. So you can manipulate removing Bobby on a trade gets them some uh leeway so there was ways they did lose talent on this field or on this roster but i mean you guys have to understand the salary cap is definitely real they just these owners now and jerry jones i will give him the credit for that because he was one of the first to do it they just found loopholes and this is how they get around it
1: yeah and if you uh if you don't get around it and you don't know what you're doing with the salary cap, then you end up like the Atlanta Falcons who have like 65 million dead cap this year. Correct. And (laughs) I love how you,
0: the poor dirty birds, come on, you're doing them dirty. But I mean, it's true. They restructured Matt Ryan's contract like three times. Yeah. And his dead cap was what, like $45 million.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely insane. And so they're like, you know what? Well, we can't do anything else with this contract, so we're just going to move him.
0: Yeah, so now the fans get the pleasure of watching Marcus Mariota throw to uh, Kyle Pitts and Teji Sharp all year long and uh, Olamade Zacchias. I mean, if I said his name right, but I mean, he's going to be apparently the new Cooper Cup. So big ups, baby. Well,
1: yeah, um, and so if it takes three first round uh, rookie picks to get uh, Zacharias, do do it. Do it, yeah, <laughs> but but seriously, don't do it. Don't, don't, do, do, it,
0: don't do it, man. It. You see PFF talking all that nonsense, but good lord, should we even touch on uh, Marlon Mack signing with the Houston Texans? Is that even buzzworthy to even talk about? Because you said he was done. I, I Yeah, I said that like two years ago. Why? Why? Why are we bringing this up? Okay, no, I'm just saying, man. You know, if he goes to a team that doesn't really have a running back right now, I mean. I, I foresee, then they, he,
1: then they still won't, then they still won't have a running back. They still want to. Okay. I get it.
0: <laughs> Poor Davis smells. He's going to be by himself. Robert Tunyon. I want to talk about him real quickly because he's coming off that ACL right now. Green Bay doesn't have a star wide receiver. And for me, right. I'm right now as like, okay, dynasty startups. So, I mean, I'm I'm taking as many shares of Robert Tunyon that I possibly can right now. Yes. It's a risk. Yes. I get him lower. But man, if he comes back healthy, he's not on the pup to start the year. And let's say Green Bay doesn't make a trade for a wide receiver. That's a veteran and they go get a rookie. You got to think, man, top five tight end appeal all day long in redraft.
1: Not for me, because and and this is the this is my reasoning. I think Tanya can definitely be a top 12 fantasy tight end uh, because you only really need a handful of touchdowns to kind of you know, get into that top 10, top 12 number. But for Tanya, that's his problem is that he's so touchdown dependent. He played half the number of games in 2021 that he did in 2020. He was on pace to get just about as many receiving yards, but he was still like 60 to 70% away of matching his touchdown total from 2020 that made him that top five, top six, you know, fantasy tight end. So for me, if Tanya's not getting those touchdowns, if he's not getting eight, nine, 10 touchdowns, then I don't really want him on my team because I know that he's not really going to be able to get the yardage for me.
0: Fair enough. And I don't hate the argument, but my only can because I'm with you all day long with Devonte Adams on that field, he's no longer there. And we mm-hmm. know, we know the, f- so I don't typically chase targets and volume. I, t- I chase talent. That's just how I play fantasy football. And it usually works out in my benefit. Sometimes I will chase the volume and say, this guy's going to get such a heavy target share that you just cannot pass it up. Robert Tunyon is one of these guys that if, let's just say hypothetical situation, the Green Bay Packers do not add a Julio Jones, do not add an AJ Green or someone that could be, you know, a lesser replacement for Devontae that could take a hundred targets in this season. They're going to have rookies. And if this rookie does not pan out with, Aaron Rodgers, he will not throw them the ball. But it could be Amari Rodgers season because I said NBA rookie of the year did not pan out. But hey, Robert Tunyon, man, I, I just this feels to me like I'm chasing targets
1: here because there could be viable ones. Okay, so i I definitely get the argument there. Don't and refute think... it; it's true. Okay, this is this is my thinking though. Okay. <laughs> Adams obviously would take up, you know, he took up a ton of the of the targets, right? Yes. So without, you know, does it mean that does it mean Aaron Jones maybe gets a little bit more workload in the, you sure. know, in the in the in the receiving game? Obviously, Amari Rogers is going to have a breakout season. We all know this, yes. Yes. Um I think the targets will be there because I mean, going back through throughout Aaron Rodgers and Adams' career together. You know, when as when Adams was on the field, Aaron Rodgers had just about as many passing attempts and passing yards per game as he did without him being on the field. So I don't think that the passing volume is going to change now that Adams is gone. I don't think they're going to try to run the ball more. Um, you do or you don't? I, I don't think the, the passing volume will change. No, I do think that, that the Packers are still going to air it out Rogers is going to sling it. He's going to be throwing it, you know, 35 times a game. Most likely. Um, I just don't see, I don't see Robert Tunyon getting the majority of those targets. And I say that only because he hasn't really been on the field long enough to gain. And maybe he has, maybe he has gained, you know, Rogers trust. And he's like, okay, this is gonna be my guy going forward. Um, but he's just, hes gonna again. It's gonna—he's gonna have to get the touchdowns, you know. I and I it. don't see him. And
0: and then and then I'll say the argument to that point because you're saying red zone opportunity because we know Devontae Adams' red zone appeal was massive. The guy caught oh, yeah. like he he caught like 55 touchdowns in like three years or whatever it was. But I mean, now he's gone. Who's the red zone guy here outside of an Aaron Jones from like the 20 yard line because that was where he was magic anyway. Um, if right. they're inside the 10, inside the 15. I got to think, man, a healthy Robert Tunyon becomes the best friend of Aaron Rodgers,
1: potentially 12 TDs, man. If healthy. Yeah, and if if healthy, yes, if he can, if he can get, I mean, heck, I'll even say if, if Tunyon can get eight touchdowns or more, you know, then absolutely he becomes an, a, an absolute steal in your redraft leagues. Okay,
0: fair. <laughs> see, I convinced him. You see, I did it. Damn you. Yes. Yes. Just, you know, listen to logic. I mean, I get it. Your argument's not wrong because we, we go with what we know. And I mean, what we know is that Robert Tanya, it was very inconsistent, but I mean, a lot's changed in green Bay and Aaron needs a new uh, homeboy. And I think, you know, Tanya might be that guy unless they bring in someone like Sammy Watkins and he just steals the show and revitalizes his career in green Bay. Yeah. For four games for four games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, man? Let's close this one out on rookie landing spots, baby. We've been oh, doing that yeah. we've been doing a ton of work on Headliner U. Me and Chris breaking down every single rookie in this draft. If you guys don't know, go check it out. Headliner U on YouTube. Go and subscribe for us. Smash that like button a few times because you know it helps us the helps the cause a lot. But best landing spots, man. Let's play this game because I got I got these I got these players and I got some landing spots where I kind of want to see them go. Let's start with our boy uh, Desmond Ritter, because I think we're both big fans of Mr. Ritter.
1: We are both fans of Ritter, and we haven't while we haven't done his scouting report yet, I'm really excited to you know to, to dive more into the film. Yeah. and looking at the teams that do need quarterbacks. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be one of the top three guys that are taken, at least if I'm drafting, I'm probably not going to be doing that. Um, so I can definitely see him probably lasting until the second round. Um, and depending on where he goes, I think he's a guy who that would be a really nice fit, um, for a team that, you know, has an aging quarterback, you know, that maybe doesn't need one right now, but going forward. So I'm going to say Minnesota. I think Minnesota could be a really nice fit for him.
0: Ooh, I didn't even think of that one. Beautiful, beautiful landing spot. I like it, man. You team him up strong arm quarterback. Who's got mobility with JJ. I like Mm. it. Look at this guy. You know where I had him thinking going is Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's a very mm. nice spot for him as well. I think you got all Lots the weapons, right? Lots of weapons. You got a run game. You just got to beef up that offensive line a little bit. And I think, you know what? He has some inadequacy, Ritter does in his game that he can fine tune. And, and with playmakers on the field, they're actually, he's one of these guys that playmakers could actually help his game and uplift his game rather than usually a quarterback
1: uplifting excuse me, wide receivers and running backs game. You know, I, I kind of like Pittsburgh. Now, does, do you think Pittsburgh would take him at number 20 or do you think they would try to trade up from their pick in the second round to get up higher, you know, maybe in the late first or early yeah, second to try to get him? I, I, think,
0: I think it's second round. He's day two pick for me. He, I, yeah, I I could even see Ritter fall into the third round. I, I would not be shocked because the, the beefy part of like the D line and the defensive back starts uh, to fall in the middle of the second round. So... I, I think he could definitely fall. What about Malik Willis where you got the, the speedy youngster going
1: for his sake? I hope it's not Detroit because yeah. I really do. I do want to see him, you know, go to a team that where he can, he can develop where he can actually be set up for success. And I just don't think the lions are there at this point, you know, where he is a little bit, you know, where he's raw, where it may take him a couple of seasons to really kind of find his groove. Sure. You know, um, But for me, I'm not a big fan of that that situation there. Houston seems to be pretty okay with Davis Mills right now, so I don't think that they go with a quarterback. It's tough because I want him to go to a team where he can actually be set up for success. I got a good spot for him. I'm going to say, shoot, and I know they just traded for him, but I like Washington. I like Mm. Washington for him. Interesting. I, I don't hate it. And I think, you know, the Carson. it was, Wentz, it was that or it was that or Seattle fair so.
0: enough. And and the Carson Wentz thing might fade out faster than we think, but you know where I want to see him go. And it's going to be a mm. long-term plan. The Atlanta Falcons. Re- let's do Michael Vick 2.0 okay. in, in Atlanta. And I mean, you got maybe Calvin Ridley comes back. Kyle Pitts. you know, is the guy and you start building I around like that offense. Right. I, I think he fits in with the dirty birds quite well. Matt Corral, where we got Matt Corral going. Where do you want him to go? I think Matt,
1: where do I want him to go?
0: That's kind I of where I'm going with die.
1: all these. Where do so you want? there, him? there are two. There are two guys that I would love to see on on this team. I'm going to mention, and I'd be okay with either one going to this team. So I'm going to say for Corral, I'm going to say Carolina. Um, you know the way that, the way that he runs that RPO. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who can stretch the field. You have plenty of weapons there, and so they can use Corral's mobility and athleticism to really gel with that offense.
0: I like it. And I, I won't I won't argue that whatsoever, but I'm going to a division foe in the New Orleans Saints. I think the Saints with mm. Corral are just such a good fit. It's like you know, the Drew Brees height, but now he's got some mobility. I, I think that he would fit in extremely well. Alvin Kamara get him a couple wide receivers playing in a dome. I think they can play fast. I like Corral in New Orleans. But I, I like him in Carolina too. It's good. I like this. This game is fun.
1: Let's talk running backs, man.
0: Kenny Walker the
1: third. Oh, can I Where? just mention? Oh, uh, I really want to see Sam Howell in Carolina. Yeah, that was no, my I, number one pick for Carolina.
0: Though. I, I I like it too. I think you know, bring him home, keep him home, and I think it's it's good too. I think that would be a nice fit. But let's go, Kenny Walker the third, man. Where we
1: got this boy going? Because I got a spot that people will not like, but I think it's the best fit. Oh. All right. So Kenny Walker, you know, can do a little bit of everything. Love his receiving ability. He's one of the better receiving backs in this class. Um, And I think a team where he could really kind of showcase that and, and really kind of, you know, excel. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to say Philly. And I say that because you have Jalen Hurts, who's mobile, you know, not the most accurate quarterback. He still has to improve that way, so he can really use somebody like Kenny Walker. Because I don't think that they're really sold on Miles Sanders. But that was also Doug Peterson. Now with him gone, who knows? But I think Philly could be a fun situation for him.
0: Yeah, it's not too bad because now you still got Kenny Gainwell it could be the pass catching back. Yep. Kenny could be your bruiser type of back. I like it. I think it's nice. But I got Kenny going to Baltimore. I think Balt. He's got Baltimore written all over him. And I know that we're fans of J.K. Dobbins. I get. I was it. just going
1: to say, yeah. Nope. And,
0: and I told you all you're going to hate it because I'm a huge J.K. guy and it sucks because he's got the ACL and we don't know if he's going to be ever, you know, what we want him to be. But it, Kenny Walker and J.K. Dobbins, I get it. It's like one a one a if you put them together. But man, tell me he doesn't got Baltimore
1: Raven written all over him. He does. I mean, again, it's it's tough for me to see that because of Dobbins. Right. You know, it's still at 23, 24 years old. Um, but I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it.
0: It's just where I'm saying where we would
1: yep. you don't think he's the best. That's and it. that's fair. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Brees Hall. Where we got Brees
0: Hall going, the top potential top running back in the draft.
1: Oh, you're gonna love this because I would I I would love and hate to see him in Buffalo.
0: Buffalo, everyone say I I agree. I think he, yeah, man. It would it would be a very nice thing to see Brees Hall in Buffalo. But, you know, what's funny. I think his better fit is in the New York Jets. I think that if he goes I was going to
1: gonna say I was going to say that or Miami, I was going to say Buffalo I, or Miami. I
0: think I think he goes to the Jets and it's now you have that gorgeous one 2 tandem with Michael Carter and they both can catch. They both can run. You're very explosive with the wide receivers you have. I think New York Jets fans would literally wet themselves if Brees gets drafted there. All right. All right. Isaiah Spiller. Where we got Spilly? Where's he
1: going? Oh,
0: he's a tough one.
1: I like, I, it is. I like, so I like the youth, you know, that, that Washington is starting to acquire. So I think, I think Spiller could really, really be good in Washington. Killing the Gibson shares. Are you? Hey. Don't get me wrong. Don't, get me wrong, I love me, Sam Antonio Gibson. But I think if you move Gibson to more of that, you know, give him more. Touches as a receiving back. Yes, they brought back JD, JD McKissick. But I do think Spiller could be really, really nice in that offense. I like give it. Them, I, give, them a give them a different dynamic.
0: Sure, I, I like it. And, you know, I got him going to Zona. I think that Zona is confused with their running back situation. They want uh, Connor to be the guy. He did well. And I think that, you know, you lost Edmonds. And, you know, fine, you you might want to replace him with a speed back. But now you get a nice one-two punch. I think he could do very well in Arizona because he can catch as well. And that's what we like to see. What about Rashard white? We, we both got a soft spot for this guy too, because his game is very nice. Where, where you got him going?
1: Ron Weiss is nice. And if we're talking about a insurance policy or a successor to a Derrick Henry, I think Tennessee would be a great fit for him. Oh, I like that one too.
0: Man, yeah, it's, it's nice. I, I dig that a lot because you know his skill set's a little bit. You know he's not a pounder, but he's he's good that way. Right. I got I got him going to Houston because my comp for White is kind of the Arian Foster esque. Yes, he's mm. not as big, but I think he fits into that that system that scheme, and I think Houston would be a very good fit for him. What about James Cook? James Cook, the the fabulous receiving back bloodlines of Dalvin Cook.
1: Ah, uh, James Cook, the change of pace third down back of the future. Let's Easy see. now. <laughs>
0: if you guys don't know, that's an inside joke. Go watch the, the scouting report on James. Yeah, the watch. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a fun one. Um, no, for for James Cook, because of what he can do, um, I think there are a few different options where he could go, but, and I I know they're not going to take him. I'd love him in New England. You know, James White mm. is getting is, you know, probably in the, the last year of his deal, maybe another season or two. I think James Cook could go right in. You know, he probably would end up, you know, dethroning your boy Ramondre, maybe, yes. or my boy Damien. Sure. But I do think Cook would add a great dynamic to that Patriots Patriots offense, excuse me. You know
0: what he would remind me of in a Patriots offense is uh Mr. Falk there that used to have.
1: Oh, Kevin Falk.
0: That's, that's how it would be. It would be two point. It would be 2.0. And I think he could be a three down back. Chris doesn't think he's going to be third down receiving back. New England's interesting, but I I'm going with Tennessee here. I think if they're looking for the change of pace, you know, remove a couple carries, get some, you know, passing. I think cook could do very well in Tennessee. What about Brian Robinson, the bulldozer, man? What are we doing with this guy?
1: Mm. So for that bulldozer type, um, I think, you know, with, with I actually would like to see him in Detroit. I, you know DeAndre Swift there, but DeAndre Swift has shown that he's much more of that receiving kind of back role. Yes, he did have, you know, some hundred guard rushing games, but I think that, you know, the dynamic between the two would be a really nice kind of one two punch there in Detroit.
0: Did you say daddy dynamic or dynamic?
1: I mean Daddy yeah, dynamic could be dynamic. You could have cut out, and
0: it just sounded like Daddy Namic. No, we're gonna keep it. We're I said what I said. I like it, Daddy Namic, man. <laughs> I like it. We're making t-shirts tomorrow. I got him going to Dallas, and and here's the thing. I think that Tony Pollard is ready to go, and it's not like Tony mm. Pollard is ever gonna be. Your prototypical three down guy. He won't ever be that. He's going to right. be explosive, but he's going to need somebody. So, it, as Zeke continues to fail, I think that the Dallas Cowboys will be looking to get rid of him. And I believe they can after this season. They're stuck with Zeke this year. So, drafting Robinson is kind of moot, but you could get him a little bit lower and stash him. Let Zeke go now. You got a, a one-two punch between Robinson and Pollard, and there's your thunder and lightning. Goal line power, speed with Pollard, and and I
1: think Dak would be smiling. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good with that. I like that.
0: Chris Olave, as we jump into wide receivers, man, let's finish this off.
1: Oh, all right. So Olave, I mean, he's going to go in the first round. All right, yes. that's I think that's that's a given. Yep. Um, where I do think he is one of More on the safer side, you know, for, you know, for, for wide receivers and, and kind of what teams might be looking for. Um, I think of kind of the area of where he could go and also where I would like to see him. I would really like to see him in Philly. I think you pair him up with Jalen Hurts, kind of give him that safe, you know, PPR, kind of a guy that's just going to catch just about anything that's in his radius. And Yeah, he's not going to break a ton of tackles for you, but he is going to be a sure-handed receiver, which Hertz hasn't really had, you know, in Philadelphia.
0: I like it. I think that he he would be a great fit in Philly as well, but I'm going to be selfish here. I want him in Buffalo, and I think Mm. that you put him in Buffalo, now you got the, you know the guy who can also play outside inside, you can mix and match and maybe potentially out Jamison Crowder in training camp. Like that's kind of what I want to see in this offense, because I think Olave is a very special talent and in Buffalo, I would be extremely excited. What about Traylon Burks? Where we got this guy, the potential Swiss army knife or wide receiver one.
1: Mm. This is the guy who can just, I mean, like you said, you can pretty much do just about anything. Um, I'm not going to say my Patriots because it just, I don't want to have flashbacks of N'Keel Harry with receivers that struggle a little bit and creating separation off the line of scrimmage. With that said, I think that if you put him in a situation where he's, you know, able to move around a little bit more, be a little more creative in the play calling. um, And I know he's most likely not going to go here because they do not have a first round pick. But if this team were able to trade into the first round, I would love to see him in San Francisco.
0: Ooh. Oh, man, look at you. That is, oh, I didn't even think of that one. You put a little Debo with Burks, little Ayuk. Oh, my goodness. I could throw footballs in San Fran and win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Damn. I got him going to Philly. As, as you said, Olave to Philly, I got Burks to Philly. And I think they require yep. a bigger type of guy. He's big. Now you got a nice compliment with him and Smith and then Hertz could definitely help out the cause. I think Philly would be a good spot, even though Olave would fit in very well there as well. I think Burks is a great one. What about Jamison Williams, the speedy ACL tear?
1: Oh, Williams is also guys. He's probably gonna be one of the top three receivers off the board. Um, you know, that speedy guy coming off the ACL. I'd like to see him in Baltimore, to be honest with you. I think that Lamar Jackson needs a number, another, you know, a solid receiver, someone that's going to be more consistent than Marquise Brown. Mm. You know, I think that uh, Bateman is on the rise. I think he is eventually going to become that team's number one receiver. And I think, you know, Jameson Williams could be that really nice complimentary piece to him.
0: I love it. I think uh, I'm. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm not sold on Hollywood but I'm kind of not even though he put up yeah, right. right even though he put up crazy numbers this past year I get it but I think Jameson goes to Kansas City I think that's probably the best fit for him and I think the Chiefs are desperate to get him I think that's kind of been their plan they wanted the Tyreek trade to get a guy it's not the same speed I get it but he would give the same kind of punch and they could replicate what their
1: offense was So here's a question for you with with that so the Chiefs do have you know, picks 29 and 30. Yes. Do you think they have to trade up in, higher into the first round to be able to get him? They
0: might not have to. And I and I only say that because it's the ACL. I, I feel like maybe if they get to like 25 where the Bills are at and the Bills pass on him, I think because Jamison mm-hmm. could go to the Bills as well. I would not be shocked for that one. If the Bills, sure. if the Bills pass on Jamison, I think they might maybe just trade up from there to see. Um, but I think he, I think his fit would be good in Casey. I think he's good that way. What about yeah. Garrett What about Garrett Wilson, man? This one is an interesting one for me, but I got a great spot for him.
1: Oh, do you? Um Garrett Wilson, you know, again, the frame kind of it worries me a little bit, you know, but I do like to see him I want to see him in an offense where he can really just kind of for the most part stay on the outside. Um, and I think that if their team's looking towards the future, Granted, I would not take him as high as this team is picking in the first round, but I think Atlanta would be a really nice fit for him.
0: Yeah, I had him there too, but then I switched it and I was Chicago. Go team okay, up with, go team back yeah. up with Justin Fields, man. One, two punch chemistry. We've seen it with Joe Burrow, with um, uh, Jamar Chase. We've seen it with other guys that are coming in the league play together. I think it'd be a great fit in Chicago.
1: Absolutely. I like that.
0: Drake London, your boy, Mr. Contested Catch. What is, where's is he going?
1: Go to the Patriots. Oh, I'm, go- I'm I'm pulling the Homer card, and I am saying to New England because of how I think of how dominant he can be on the field, and because even with his 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 size, he has good speed—not elite speed—but he has good speed. Good He's enough. Able yep. to create separation. Phenomenal contested. Uh, you know, with, with the contested catches. He has a little bit of everything in his game that I love. He doesn't need to have that top end speed, you know, that a lot of these other receivers in this class have, but he has everything else that you want from a alpha receiver.
0: You know, the thing is, I mean, we haven't done the scattering report yet, so I don't want to break him down completely because I did the video. I did mm-hmm. all I did all the videotape on, on London. And I think I'm not as convinced on his separation and his route running that you are but he knows how to push off and get that separation when the ball's in the air. And I think that's the difference between him and an Nikhil Harry, in my opinion, but he's going to win those catches. He's, he's Brandy Moss 2.0. You got must ESPN style. And I mean, yeah, Mac Jones would thrive with him.
1: Yeah, and it's it's the and I'm not gonna go too in depth about this because you guys have to watch it in the Scouting report, but I think it's the route running of him, you know, at least his initial route running when he makes that first break. That's where I I think he kind of separates himself sure. from a lot of these other guys.
0: And I've seen it too. It's it's there, but I got him going to Washington. I think the the Washington commies, they need a support piece for Mr. Terry, and I think it'd be fabulous, man. I mean, the big body wide receiver with your speedy, you know, playmaking guy, and I think it'd be gorgeous there. I don't,
1: I don't hate it. As long as, hey, as long as they don't move, uh, they don't move Scary Terry.
0: There you go, man. Keep them together, man. Jahan Dotson. I You know, you called this one on the Scattering Report. It's out today. I got to love it, man. Indianapolis. I can't hate it.
1: Love it with the Colts. Absolutely.
0: He called it on the report, and I was sitting there. I'm like, I can't put this man anywhere else. <laughs> I love Indy for him. I think he's going to flourish. What about Mr. George Pickens?
1: So George Pickens, I feel like, doesn't get enough love. You yes. know, I... I really, really, really do like the game um, for him. As do I. Yeah. And I think with as much as I think this quarterback needs a more established receiver, I think that if you're building youth, you know, you want to stay young, build for the future. I think the Jets would be an awesome fit for him.
0: Ooh, look at you, man. Stacking these Jets. Leave the Jets alone. I'm giving them enough praise. You know where I think uh, he would fit in very well eventually is Detroit. I think. You kind of replace the Kenny Galladay effect with uh, you just need, you know, the quarterback, you have everything yeah. else set up and all you need is a quarterback. And now you got a Monroe St. Brown. You got a TJ Hawkinson. You got Swift. The O-line is building. You just need that quarterback. And I think Pickens would give them a full rounded, uh, you know, arsenal of weapons.
1: I like that. I think that's a good pick.
0: What about David Bell, man? I kind of fell off on this guy, but we'll finish off on David Bell.
1: David Bell, I'm going to say, you know, again, a team that is not rebuilding, but kind of rebuilding because of all the moves that they made this offseason. I think New Orleans could be a potentially really good fit for him.
0: I don't hate it. And I mean, he gives you a different dynamic than Slant Boy would give you. And I got him going to Green Bay. I think I think he could mimic something that, you know, Devontae did there.
1: I, I agree that my concern, and I guess it could be the same concern that you could have in New Orleans, is... Who's going to be the quarterback in two years?
0: It's true. You know, it's true. It's it's going to be a quick turnaround for sure. But there you have it, man. The upcoming rookies. We like breaking them down. We do this all day long. This is our job, people. And this draft is exciting, man. We are what three weeks away? Is that right?
1: By the when this when this pod releases, we'll be just outside of three weeks. So, oh, I mean. Make sure you guys are heading over to Headliner U over on YouTube. Check out these scouting reports that we're doing. Um, We're also doing uh, Dynasty rookie rankings as well. I mean, we've got everything to get you guys prepared for this April's draft. And we still have three more weeks of content left to go. I love it, man. I got to wipe my
0: chin because I'm just drooling away here. But... Do us that favor, y'all. If you like the pod, give it a five-star review. Put in some comments. Hey, man, iTunes listeners, there's a lot of you out there, man. We see the numbers. Do us that favor. Go give us some five-star reviews. It helps us grow the show, man. But nevertheless, let's get out of here, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. To all listeners, thank you for all the support, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.